Hey guys, I'm Jackie Brubaker. I'm an author, producer, two-time Emmy Award winner, and host of That Girl the Podcast. Each week, I bring on inspiring people and stories to help you become that girl or that guy in your life. That Girl the Podcast is based on the romantic comedy That Girl a Novel, which is now available as a podcast to listen to. Listen to each chapter about finding yourself and adulting in LA. Find That Girl a Novel everywhere you listen to your podcasts. You can also find it on Amazon to buy the Kindle or paperback of. For more, find us at thatgirlthepodcast.com and follow us on Instagram at thatgirlthepodcast and our Patreon page. Welcome, Sarah Totten, back to That Girl the Podcast. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you. We are going to talk about the masculine and feminine in relationships. And this is a topic that is really being talked about these days by all kinds of relationship people and coaches and speakers and all of this stuff. I'm not going to lie. The first time I actually heard about this was a long time ago before I felt that this was really being talked about. Um, so once it kind of had a reemergence of everything, um, I found it very fascinating. So there's a lot to agree with this. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. There's a lot to unpack with this conversation. Um, maybe let's just give a definition of what we're talking about first. So people who are like, I don't understand. Uh, what does that mean? <laughs> so that you know, and then we can really dive into it for those who are like new to it or know a lot about it. So I'll yeah. let you do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, honestly, my definition might not be super, super clear because in my head, this is kind of what I think about it. But obviously as a person, whether you're male or female um, or however you identify, you have certain feminine traits and certain masculine traits. And generally, I think we've spoken about it in other episodes and you've probably heard people talking about it in this way before, where in relationships as a woman, you are taught probably from a very, very early age to be the feminine, to be the one that needs to be rescued, the one that, you know, doesn't pay the bill, the one that, you know, all these different things that are kind of, you know, in films and all these different things mm-hmm. and things that you read about growing up. But a lot of the time now, you know, the masculine side of a female or again, however you identify comes in and that's, you know, you going and getting what you want and the the typical kind of masculine traits. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you want to pay for the bill, you pay for the bill. If you want to go and get the job, you go and get the job. And the kind of, you know, the go getting kind of energy that potentially a man has, whereas, you know, again, and it's, it's all kind of these, you know, really old school definitions of what feminine and um, masculine mean. Mm -hmm. So I think it can be, you know, definitely, you know, everyone is going to have a different approach and a a different idea of what this is, but that's kind of, hopefully if it made sense, my kind of approach to it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'll just add to it. Um, Same thing, yeah, no matter how you identify, um, people have more feminine uh, qualities and traits, uh, whether you're a man who is very feminine, but you're still, let's just, um, just to keep it clear, um, cause it can be so, um, many versions of this. Let's just talk about straight people. Um, a man who identifies as a man or a woman who identifies as a woman. Yeah. Um, but this is very moldable, right? So if you are a man and you are your typical alpha man, right? You're just like aggressive and you like play sports and like you do all the manly things, right? You make a lot of money. You're just like a hedge fund guy, like that guy. 
that guy <laughs> who was like in a fraternity in a hedge fund, that guy, right? Ultra yeah. alpha male. And then let's just do the complete opposite. Uh, your ultra feminine, feminine woman who's like, I don't want to work. I just want to get married. I just want to have kids. I just want to be a homemaker. Neither one of these things is bad, right? You don't know. About, right? Like this isn't about what's wrong, what's right here. This is just about explaining different, like the polar, uh, the very extremes of each masculine and feminine. And then in between are a lot of us, right? We might be a female who feels more feminine because, you know, we like to wear dresses. I'm wearing a dress right now, you know, or, you know, we like feminine things, but there's always a masculine side with each gender, right? With each um, male or female or however you identify, there's always a masculine side and that shows up in work. We are Mm -hmm. all masculine at work. And this is something I was taught a very, very long time ago. And I still think that rings true is that when you're masculine, you go get what you want and we all have to survive. So we get what we want in work. And now if you are, let's say that ultra feminine, who's like, I just want to get married and have kids and that's it. You're going to use your masculine side to go get married and have kids because that's your job, right? You want to go get it. So you're masculine and getting that. Okay. And then as I said, in between, there are just varying degrees of it. And so what I think is happening here is that there's a lot of talk on like the internet about being this very feminine woman and like letting him, like letting this masculine man come to you and like, you have to lean back and you have to just be patient and you have to be like coy or submissive almost. And I have some issues with that. (laughs) (laughs) Just to put it clearly. To be honest. (laughs) Right. And so whenever I see these like, you know, Instagram accounts, I'm just floored. Like, is that working for you? Because the men I see out there are not, you know, going after women in the way that they used to maybe in the fifties or beyond. Um, so yeah, I'll give it, I'll throw it back to you. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I think times have changed massively, right? Um, you know, women now are not at home in the kitchen, raising the kids. Look, like we said, if that's what you want to do and you want to be a stay at home mom, my mom was a stay at home mom. And honestly, it wasn't a piece of cake. Like it was was so hard. hard. It's a hard job. Yeah, definitely. Like raising kids and being a homemaker is very, very tough. But I think there is, um, you know, there are more women these days in the workplace, getting what they want, being CEOs, making the money, not needing a man, not wanting a man, Mm. not necessarily having kids. And Mm. I think it's kind of the the lines definitely are blurring now where you you don't have to, like I said, you don't have to be the stay-at-home mum. You don't have to be the one waiting for the man to come and rescue you in the tower. You can Mm. go out and get what you want. And the same with the man. Like, you know, I think these days, I mean, especially in the UK, they're really advocating now for men to take paternity leave or you can now split um, the maternity, paternity leave and and do it however way you want. The man can take more time off. He can stay at home and raise the kids. Whereas I think before, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, or maybe not even that long ago, you would never have seen that dynamic in a family. So I think it's like, it's very much these days, there's no you know, right or wrong way to go about it. And I think the masculine and the feminine identities are very much skewed, not in a negative way, but just very much just blurred and, and, you know, people are doing what they want to do and how they want to do it. 
And so people will argue too about, you know, in this very, like, it has to be a masculine, feminine uh, couple. It has to have that yin and yang. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, so like, I'll just give an example. Like, let's say that you are a stay-at-home mom. You chose that. You wanted that. But you're also extremely masculine in your mothering because, again, it's a really hard job. And I have not been a mom before, but I'm watching people do this, and it is terrifying. I'm like, good Lord, how do you do that? Um, So there's a very aggressive masculine quality about this woman 24-7. Now, if she's married to a masculine man who's expecting – her to like, you know, be this very feminine person, he's going to have a rude awakening because that's not who she is (laughs) anymore. Like she isn't a a masculine person. So Mm -hmm. I can see how those two masculines of expectations of his expectations and now her reality are going to clash. And that can lead to some not good things because the truth is like, we date and then we get married and then things do shift for a lot of reasons. And this doesn't matter if you're getting married or a long-term relationship or whatnot, but like things do shift. And so when this happens, it's like, then what do you do? Like you're just being yourself as this woman, right? You're just being yourself and just trying to you know raise these kids and like not lose your mind. <laughs> and your husband's like, uh, what happened to this pretty submissive, you know, like happy girl that I married? Like, where is she? And you're like, I don't know. I have no idea. Like, this is just, I'm yeah. trying to like get through the day with like two-year-olds or whatever it is. Um, okay. Let's give the opposite. What if you are a man who is in your feminine? And I'm going to describe this as you're really not aggressive you um, don't go after what you want. Uh, mm-hmm. You don't like making big decisions. Uh, you let your girlfriend lead. You let your wife lead. Like you're always just, you know, like, cool. Like whatever you think, honey, like, oh, okay. Like she has to do it first and then he follows. That's a mm-hmm. very feminine man. Um, mostly they want masculine women who are leaders. And so many of us are. Mm-hmm. And so many of us are those women these days. But I've found, because I've dated this kind of man, I've found that as masculine as I am, I'm still feminine in my relationships. I want to be, not trying to say, I want to be submissive because that's not true. But like, <laughs> like, that's not what's happening here. But like, I do want him to like make plans and, you know, feel like I can rely on him, which is just a partnership, yeah. right? But if you feel like your man is so feminine that you can't rely on him, then your masculine just comes out even more. Even if you feel feminine when you're in a romantic relationship and then masculine in your outside world. Um, And then that can be a real problem. And I think that's happening more these days because women are so empowered. It's such a different world that men are becoming more feminine And women are becoming more masculine and all of these old school thoughts about masculine, feminine relationships together. That's why we're having so many breakups and confusion and all of it's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm a man. I was taught to be like the breadwinner and to like take care of stuff, but like, that's not what I feel naturally inclined to do. Um, And now you want to take care of things and I feel emasculated. Like I'll just hand it back off to you because like that's the dynamic I'm seeing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it definitely is a tough dynamic. And I think as well, what kind of differs from one side to the other is that, so for instance, if you're a fairly, you know, if you're a woman and you are, you know, more so in like you, you treat your, your masculine side, 
you're going to look for somebody, chances are you're going to look for somebody who can challenge you. So you're going to look for a very masculine man who can challenge you in what you think, what you do. And you want someone that's kind of kind of like fit together with you mm-hmm. and challenge you and all those things. Whereas funnily enough, I think if you're perhaps leading more towards your feminine side as a male, you're going to like, you want somebody who's going to take charge, but that person on the other side isn't going to want somebody to be a submissive. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like tough to find that dynamic. And I think what I find quite fun in, and I think you probably see quite a lot is men who in work are very powerful. They lean towards their more uh, masculine side when it comes to sex and sexual relations are very, very submissive. So I think that's quite, funny sort of like juxtaposition because you're assuming that this guy is going to be really powerful in the bedroom you know he's big in the boardroom he's going to be big in the bedroom and that's not necessarily the case sometimes people who are very very powerful and have high power jobs are the people who are going to want the woman to take charge so I think it's it's definitely a tough thing to navigate. Um, and I think, again, you cannot look back to how things were, for instance, with our parents, our parents' parents, and going back further and further because the dynamics and the the power, I don't want to say power struggle, but the power sort of dynamic has, has definitely changed amongst both male and female. Absolutely. I mean, you know, if you just talk to your grandparents, if they're still alive, I mean, it was a different world. It was mm. a very different world. You stayed with someone forever and that was it. And they were abusive and that was it. You know, like nobody left. No one was like, okay, I'm just going to like pick up and leave and start a brand new life. Like that just wasn't possible. And I mean, if you think about, you know, just using marriage as an example of a long-term relationship, um, marriage started off as like, you know, a sharing of property. It was really just an exchange of money. Yeah, it was (laughs) just Yeah. It was an agreement almost like there was nothing romantic about it. It really was. And I was listening to this wonderful psychologist. I love her so much. Um, and she was saying that, you know, we have so many expectations that we put on ourselves. Sorry. I just am so uncomfortable. I just, my back (laughs) is like tired of standing up straight. Ow. Hold on. But it looks better if I stand up straight. Okay. Here we go. Um, she said, you know, we have all of these expectations we put on our partner that they have to be our best friend and they have to like be romantic and they have to be the best lover we've ever had. And they also have to be supportive and they have to do everything that everyone in our lives contributes to. And she's like, I think this is why people are having so many problems is that they're expecting too much of their partner. Yeah. And I couldn't agree more because I love my friends so much. They are my family and I talk to them all the time. And it's just an ongoing relationship, right? It's not just like, oh, we talk here and there. It's like an ongoing relationship. And I think that we can only expect so much of our partners. And so when you're in a relationship, you've got to figure out like that dynamic of masculine, feminine, and Mm -hmm. roles that you're going to play. And not forever the roles, but the roles in this moment. Like I use kids as an example because it is so so changing in the relationship and you've got to like suddenly everybody's just different you know and you've got to just kind of raise these kids and hope that they don't die like that's the whole goal like (laughs) make sure they don't die (laughs) and you know if you are expecting 
your husband or your wife or your girlfriend or your boyfriend to just be absolutely everything. And then like you throw kids in the mix or, you know, job changes or death or something huge in the mix. Like that person's not going to be the person that you remember because it's just different. And I think, again, it comes down to, you know, let's say, where, how things were 20, 30 years ago. Um, if you're looking at, you know, someone who identifies as a man who, you know, was raised to have a very sort of like chin up mentality, pull your socks up and get on with it. You know, I think these days, um, especially in the UK, I don't know if it's the same in the US, we're huge advocates now or working on being advocates of mental health. Mm-hmm. And I think men especially have always struggled to talk about how they feel because they've always had the mentality of like, look, just get on with it. You're the one that needs to provide for the family. You need to earn the money. You need to have a good job, all these things. But what I think you'll find again is how the dynamic can switch so easily is that when somebody, um, a man gets into a relationship with a woman, you know, they might be, like I said, the high powered man at work, but when they come home, they want to be vulnerable. They want to talk about their feelings. They might be struggling. They want to cry if they want to. And I think, again, it comes down to communication Mm -hmm. because we all know that when you first get together with somebody, as that relationship evolves, you're not going to be the same people. You're going to grow, you're going to evolve. It's going to be diverse. And you need to understand that, emotionally that can happen as well and also with how you feel in the masculine and the feminine so I think different things like you were just saying different things can alter that dynamic and I think it's important to communicate with who you're with so that you can understand where that person lies if anything's changed and it shouldn't just be this really strict rigid you know he goes out she goes out this is what Mm. happens this is how we live our life it it doesn't have to be like that and it especially doesn't have to be like that from start to finish it's it's going to fluctuate and it's going to change constantly I mean gosh just look at you know the 60s and the 70s and what happened with like women's rights and we're just you Mm -hmm. know I mean we just got tired of this whole stay at home like do nothing have no voice I mean we've had like three major women's movements in the states with like getting the right to vote, the 60s, and now the Me Too movement. I mean, it's just, we do not want to be silenced. And, you know, I do, I mean, that's a whole other conversation, but like, you know, we are different and we have so much more power. We're not going to sit back and have our lives laid out in front of us and we're not just going to walk that path. Like we want to develop our own life how we want it. And like you said, it's, this is a separate conversation, but it it kind of goes hand in hand with just Mm -hmm. the development in which women have faced over the last however many years. Mm -hmm. And it's important that, you know, we are allowed to go after what we want and then not be judged from, you know, the other side. Right. And I think maybe what's actually trying to happen is that we are letting go of those roles And we are becoming more fluid as people, which clearly is happening with gender, but more fluid emotionally too, as masculine and feminine and, and being okay. Like, you know, maybe one day I'm just more in my feminine and another day I'm just way more in my masculine. I feel like that. I mean, Jesus, you can see it in the way I'm dressed that day. You can absolutely tell like how I'm feeling. Yeah. And some days it's like, you know, black rocker shirt and other days it's like this, you know, <laughs> it just depends. And, you know, and that's just humans. And I think that 
the more that you're saying like, yes, we just need to keep communicating because a relationship is a living, breathing thing and it's mm-hmm. always growing and it's always changing. If you yeah. don't nurture it and don't really see what's going on with it always continually, mm-hmm. yeah, these, these roles and these stereotypes and archetypes that you keep hearing maybe from social media or your parents or whatnot, it's not going to hold up because we're living in such a different age these days. Yeah. And it's also, I feel like now, obviously I'm you know living in the now that goes without saying, but <laughs> yes, we're in you, the now. <laughs> in my the mind present. is sometimes telling me different, but I'm just going to go with it. Um, but when you read back about how things work, like we said, sort of 20, 30, 40 years ago, you know, things didn't change. Things were very rigid. It was mm-hmm. the same life, the same job, the same this, the same that. Whereas now, like you said, it's very fluid. Things can change very, very rapidly from, you know, different governmental changes and different bills being bought in and like all these things, like it's ever evolving. Mm-hmm. So I think that that too with the sort of masculine and feminine um, sort of diversity and and um, everything like that, it's, it's always going to be, you know, changing throughout who we are, whether that's with the person we've been with for years or it's somebody that we're meeting. It's, I think, a conversation that definitely needs to be had fairly early on so you understand kind of who you are and who you're with and and what you're wanting to achieve. But it's, I think it's a really interesting one. I think it's one that I I love having. I think it's a really interesting conversation to have. I think especially with something that you've just met, Mm -hmm. um, potentially it's a bit of a you know, a, a big subject to discuss perhaps on a first date. But I think it's really interesting to, you know, get, have a conversation with, you know, a man or, or you know, somebody that identifies as a man who, you know, to, to get how they're feeling and to, to know where they're at. And it's, everyone is so different. So I think it's, it's such an interesting subject. What, what, what kind of conversation are you thinking of having? Like if you were to give an example? I mean, I think it's, you know, I think we've, touched on this briefly is you know let's face it with dating previously the dynamic has always been the man will pay the mm-hmm. man will pay for the first date and you I think not. I might have <laughs> we might have discussed <laughs> this, um, before on another episode where I went on a date with a guy and we went for drinks really really fun had a great time with him and we went to like this cocktail bar so it was quite expensive and he paid for all the drinks and honestly it must have cost over a hundred pounds which to me is quite an expensive first date yeah so after that things were going really really well we didn't necessarily want it to end so we were like should we go and get a bite to eat and I was like yeah would love to I was obviously you know off my face at this point so thought, <laughs> like I'm I starving <laughs> Um, and we literally went to like this burger bar it was really basic and he went to the bathroom I got the bill because I thought he's paid you know over 100 pounds for all these drinks I can pay 20 pounds for a burger Mm -hmm. he came back and I said I paid the bill you know let's go and he was really taken aback by that he didn't like that I'd paid for the bill. He didn't like having that taken away from him. Mm. So I think it's kind of, it's it's that dynamic. So it's that kind of conversation. And I think, you know, there are people out there, if that's you, fair play, and you expect a guy to pay for a first date. 
I'm some somewhat on the fence about that. I think depending on what kind of date you go on, yeah. if it's quite expensive, if you literally just go for a couple of drinks and you're looking at like 40 pounds, then okay, he should probably pay. Right. But if it goes on a little bit longer, you end up going for dinner and it gets quite expensive. Yeah. I would never expect somebody to just foot the bill for that because it's, you know, it takes it to the next level. Yeah. But I think it's that it's that kind of conversation I think people need to be having. And it's a conversation that people need to be comfortable having mm-hmm. because everyone does it right I can see the cats <laughs> Come here. I was trying not to look <laughs> they love but yes, it's, it's that kind of conversation I think people need to, you don't need to be embarrassed or you don't because like I don't know about you but like I find the end of a date so awkward sometimes like <laughs> the bill gets put on the table and you're just like right do you do, you do like the awkward lean to get your purse but you don't intend on paying right. you, you just kind not, of fuddle in your purse a little yeah, bit <laughs> therapy like I'm not paying for the bill this is on you pal mm-hmm. or do you have have you discussed it prior like so I think it's important to like open that you know that channel of conversation mm-hmm. because it's only going to help you in the long run and kind of to understand that person so and it just saves yeah. any awkward as well because I find it just really it like it panics me just thinking about it (laughs) yeah no I mean I I totally agree with you if it becomes this very um, expensive date absolutely I would I would have done the same thing that you did I would have been like I'm gonna grab these burgers for us because it's really just the gesture of like hey like I see what you're doing and I don't want you to feel that you have to get everything for me because that's a very clear message too that you're sending, which is I'm not expecting you to take care of me completely financially. I'm expecting us to take care of each other. And maybe Mm -hmm. if you're more in your feminine, you will always kind of hope that they will take on maybe more financial responsibility in the future. But it's funny because like, I only feel that way in dating for the most part I mean and again I find it so fascinating though because like I have a lot like a number of friends who are very much like this who in work will literally they will do what they need to do to get what they want and get where they need to be to be Mm -hmm. successful or whatever that it is they desire but in dating they'll like they'll lie back and expect everybody else to do the work and I find it so fascinating because I personally as you in my opinion like I don't know what outside perception is but for me I'd say I'm as masculine feminine in both personal dating and work Mm -hmm. um and that's just me obviously again the dynamic can change from from situation to situation obviously person to person that's kind of where I'm at but I find it so interesting how you know, some women are such go-getters in in their work and their career. But then when it comes to guys and dating, they're just completely different. So I think I'm very much like you too, because I, again, like I was taught this whole masculine feminine thing. Like you have to choose, are you masculine? Are you feminine in your relationships? Or or do you want both, which makes you a narcissist? And I was like, that (laughs) sucks. Like what? That's, that's the choice. Okay. (laughs) those are my options like can I do that but what I think has happened and I think is happening for a lot and it sounds just like you and I are on the same page is that you want to feel like the guy is like taking care of you in these in these nice ways right just being a gentleman right paying for things planning stuff all this stuff but like once it becomes a relationship it's really equal for me like I don't really see why it would lean always on him um and again, it depends on what it is. Is he 
planning a whole trip for you and him. And then he pays for everything because he wants to, it's like a gift. Or are you guys like, no, we both want to go to like Hawaii. So we plan it together. And like, we pay for it together. Like I've done that in my past relationships. It wasn't even a thought that he would pay for me. Um, and I think that's like the question you need to ask is like, just like taking a a step back for a second. When you said about a guy paying for a first date, you were like, well, he should. Why? Why do you think a man should pay for the first date? Like what? That's, that's an archaic stereotype that the man being in charge is the one that handles the money, handles the finances. So is the one that will pay because the woman can't, she physically can't, she has no money, nothing's in her name. She has no credit cards, cards or anything. Um, But, but now, you know, so many people still have that belief yet believe in equality and feminism and all these things. So why would you expect a man to pay on the first date? What, why is that? And well, I'll tell you why, but also I think that it's because it's conditioned. And for me, I know that I'm undoing that conditioning right now. Like every day I'm constantly undoing it because I've seen how it's ruined things. It's messed up relationships. It's confused him and then me. And I'm like, I do want equality, but I do want you to pay on the first date because it's just been ingrained. Now, so I think that's the reason. I think that it's just an old school thought that's stuck in my head. And Mm -hmm. if we went on a very expensive date, it instantly makes me uncomfortable to think that he would pay for all of that because that's just, but again, if it's like 40 pounds or under, like, yes, of course, like that's okay. But yeah, I mean, it it is, it's it's a tricky thing. It's a tricky. It's funny though as well. It's like, if the guy doesn't pay for the first date, do you think he's a cheapskate? Do yes, you think I do. I would be really honest. So yeah. isn't that funny? So it's like that kind of thing. So we want our own power and our own money, our own bank account, our own, you know, our independence to be able to do what we want to do. Yet we'll judge a man on a first date because he won't pay for it. Yes. I just, find, I honestly find it remarkable because like to me, because like, let's put it this way. So with dating apps now, you have Bumble, which I think is the same all over the world where the girl is the one that makes the first move. And I think this was like such an amazing initiative because it put the power in the woman's hands, right? And made us feel equal. It made us feel empowered that we could make that first move. Now, okay, it doesn't always end up perfectly. You make the first move. Sometimes you get ignored, whatever. That's by the by. But for instance, for me... I've taken the power when I was dating and on Bumble and I've obviously sent the first message to a guy. We've got chatting. The dynamic so far kind of feels like I'm maybe leading the conversation because I was obviously the one that started it. Mm -hmm. So I'm certainly not afraid. I will in that situation not expect a guy to be like, so do you want to go for a drink? I won't wait around. If I like him, he seems nice. We seem to get on. I'll be like, so what are you up to at the weekend? Do you fancy going and getting a drink? And that will happen. I'll then arrange it. I'll say, well, I'm the one that asked you. I'm not going to expect you to arrange it. I'll be like, right, how's this time? Let's go here. Does that work for you? Perfect. So in that situation, I've arranged the date. I've asked him out. I've arranged where we're going. I've arranged the time. Do I then expect him to pay still? No, I don't think I do. If anything, I would pay 
myself because I'd gone to the effort of planning it. And then if we see each other again, then he can pay for the next time. So it's kind of like, but then some people will using Bumble, make the first move, send that first message, even if it's just like, hey, or hi, or whatever, which is a real pet peeve of mine. But (laughs) they'll wait for weeks, potentially, for the guy to then ask them out because they can't physically do it themselves. That's crazy. And I just like, I find it remarkable because I just think like, you can go and get, you're successful at work. Mm -hmm. You, you know, go balls to the wall and you do what you need to do to get what you need to do at work. But yet you can't ask a man out. I find it honestly astonishing. So I think that there is, okay. So there is, I think a reason behind some of it where men, my grandfather said this to my mother once and uh, it was kind of true. He was like, (laughs) if given the opportunity, men will always take advantage of a situation. And I think that's true. (laughs) I think it's true of anyone to be honest. Um, So I think that if you keep setting everything up for a guy, sometimes, not all times, but sometimes they'll be like, great, she's going to lead. And that's definitely, I think, a man who resonates more in his feminine for Mm -hmm. relationships, that's his jam, right? Like that is his dream girl. And so if you're cool with that dynamic, awesome, because that man will always stay in his feminine and always let you lead. Awesome. Awesome. But if you are so like, as you were telling that story about like setting up the dates, like I'll ask, I'll ask and be like, Hey, like, do you want to hang out? Like we should get together soon. And then most likely the guy will be like, yeah, let's do it. Like, when are you free? And we'll like pick days. And like, I'll be like, yeah, find a place for us. And then I hand it back over to him. Um, and that's how I usually do it. I'm never like, yeah, let's go here. I mean, I think that's a good way to do it. And don't get me wrong, because I think I don't want to misconstrue the situation whereby I'm the one that's always in charge. I think I, so in my relationship now, I think we're very much on like a level playing field. So I'll organize something, he'll organize something, I'll pay, he'll pay. And that's so like, I'm not... I would, I would never go out with somebody who is like a submissive, who is somebody who like just wants to sit back and let somebody else yeah. like take the reins. So I think it's like we spoke about earlier, that kind of like back and forth is like that might work for some people. And if the girl likes being in charge and taking the reins, that's amazing, like good for you. And if the guy yeah. likes to sit back and enjoy it, even better. Like that obviously works for guys. Right. But I would prefer, I prefer like that back and forth mm-hmm. where it's not just me planning everything. I think, you know, it's just good to kind of have that initiative to kind of do it at first. Cause I think, again, we've spoken about it before where like, I can't stand the idea of messaging or texting somebody for weeks before you meet them. That's I'm very much like, right, you seem nice. We seem to get on. Let's meet up face to face and see what we've got going on here. rather than like waiting for it to fizzle out or waiting for them. Like it's, you've just got to kind of like, you take the bull by the horns, I think. I agree with all of this. Um, And I think it's just a matter of, you know, feeling it out and, and also just really, you know, thinking about your own dynamics going on in your brain. Like, are you like me who's still kind of like unraveling some of these, some of this conditioning of like being this really feminine, you know, letting him like plan and letting him lead. Like, I mean, that's a whole like religious thing. And I don't want to get into that because I'm not even religious, (laughs) but like letting the man be the leader. It's like, 
sometimes he leads and sometimes you lead, you know, it just depends on where you're at in your life and like the circumstance of your relationship. Um, and that's just, that's how relationships survive. I think is like the key to all of this is just moving back and forth between like maybe who's more like leading for (laughs) planning trips and who's leading more for like planning dates and like, you know, it's yeah. like we all have our strengths and our weaknesses and like, exactly. that's cer- like, that's certainly how I'm approaching relationships now is just, cool. you know, I have strengths in some areas and weaknesses in others. And if you can pick up those weaknesses and I can pick up your strengths or your, your weaknesses, like that is perfect. Like yeah. we'll just always well, kind like, of be me, I'm like, I know this sounds like really, really like lame, but you kind of like in a relationship should like fit together like a puzzle. Mm-hmm. So like you pick up, like you said, like, you know, what works for you, you know, you do what works for me, I'll do. And mm-hmm. it's kind of that back and forth. It shouldn't be like, you know, it should kind of fit together like this, not like one person going in with everything and this person giving nothing. Like it, it yeah. should be like a, a back and forth. And I think it's, like I said, it's just an ever-changing, an ever-changing thing. Absolutely. And it just, you know, it's, oh my God, so many just examples come to mind and, you know, that could, as like a, like a really feminine woman, if you are the stay-at-home mom type, you're like, this is what I'm contributing. I'm contributing to this beautiful house and this, these children and like, you know, taking care of our home life and our personal life. And for other women, that would be like their worst nightmare, you know? And it's like, you can still be in your feminine in a relationship and not have to be at that kind of extreme. Like, you mm-hmm. might just really like in my case, like I just really appreciate people making plans, you know? Yeah. Like I'm a just terrible effort, planner. Right? Like yes. it's yeah, that's all it is. So I think sometimes when you talk about subjects like this, it can be like, you know, I mean, we could probably be on here for hours, like putting the world <laughs> right, right? And just like talking about everything and it can branch off into like so many different areas. Okay. But I think what it comes down to is it's just, you know, you we each have we each want to contribute to something and we want others to contribute to us. And I think that will fluctuate. Like I said, it will go in waves and you just kind of need to go with it. But I think it's just important to, I think, like go with who, like who you are as a person, like what you contribute and, you know, just understand that, you know, you'll meet somebody who will also contribute to you and that it will change it would be ever evolving. And I think it's just something that you just need to go with. Like, I don't think there's a right or wrong way to go about it. There's no too much feminine, too much masculine or vice versa. I think it's, Mm -hmm. you just need to do what works with you and it, and it will probably change with person to person, Absolutely, but you're never going to just be this like one puzzle piece that needs to fit with somebody else. Like it's going to change and you're going to meet people who will bring out other sides of you or Mm -hmm. someone who might, you know, in a perhaps negative way, like push those aspects of you back where you need to realize actually, no, I'm this person and need to, you know, so it's your, it's, it's a journey. I think a a real big journey. It really is. It really is. I loved this talk. This is a good one. It's just Mm -hmm. nice to like kind of get into the meat of all of this. And, you know, at the end of the day, we are just souls and meat suits. That's how I always see it. (laughs) So however you identify and like whatever you consider your gender or, you know, what your preference is, like that's, that's you and just be you and just accept what feels right at the time. As well, because I think because there is such a diverse amount of people in the world now you know, the masculine and the feminine 
almost don't exist anymore. Like they're not just these like two like bulk pieces. Right. They're like shatters and they're shards of different things. And you can like piece little bits into one person who, you know, identifies how they want to identify and Mm -hmm. picks those pieces how they want to pick them. There's no manly man and womanly woman anymore. Like Mm -hmm. if you're those people, great. If you're not and you're, you know, you're a bit of both, which I feel like I am, Mm -hmm. own it. Like, you know, go and do what you need to do with who you need to do it with. And I just think it's the best way to to go about your life is, you know, it's it's not a one size fits all, like I said. Right. Because you could, you know, meet someone and you're just a very different version with them, but you're still a Mm -hmm. happier version of you and you're happy with them. But like you said, like you weren't that way in your past relationship and that's totally okay. I think, you know, when people are always like, you should, you need to know what you want and you need to know like what kind of person you want. Like sometimes they're, they're obviously like things that you need to check off and make sure like, okay, these are things that I definitely want, but yeah. like be open because you have no idea that those traits in that person, what they're going to bring out in you and how, and that's what relationships are about. We're about like evolving together, you know? So I think we've probably all been in a situation where we've been in a relationship where perhaps that person has overshadowed who we are and we've Mm -hmm. kind of been pushed down and who we are as a person has been kind of like shut away into the the wardrobe and you know you don't think they're ever going to see the light of day again but then you'll meet somebody else who like gradually brings that person out again Mm -hmm. and it's you know it is it is just that journey that you go on and you will like we just said like you'll fluctuate with person to person and even with your friends like for me personally like who I am with one friend isn't necessarily who I'm going to be with another friend. So it's mm-hmm. you like it, you evolve with, with different people as well. So I think it's, yeah. it's just finding the right match for you in the time of life that you're in. Amen to that. Slow clap, slow clap. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tell people how they can find you, my dear. Yeah, so you can find me on The Good, The Bad and The Ghosted on Instagram and I'm on all the places that you find your podcasts as well. Awesome. Good chat, my dear. I'll see you soon. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Remember, sharing is caring. Make sure to rate the podcast and leave a review. We really rely on this to help get the podcast out there. Also, make sure to watch the video version on YouTube at That Girl the Podcast.